Okay, welcome back, my friends, to another edition of the official 615 podcast. Why is it an official 615 podcast? Because we say it's an official 615 podcast. Let's welcome in my good friend, Greg Poe. Good to see you, buddy. Hello there, and uh, happy to be back at the Omni Nashville Hotel Kitchen Notes to record this edition of the official 615 not and or not a yeah. the yep. official 615 podcast i feel impressed i mean i feel like i'm, I'm important back here at kitchen notes yeah well i'm glad you feel that way <laughs> it's very rare <laughs> in my life again this the podcast is brought to you by good friends at wilson county hyundai check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com and i guarantee you almost all the hyundais you see around middle tennessee you look on the back it'll say wilson county hyundai and why because they offer the best prices and the best customer service around Payne bone and his staff do an outstanding job of getting you in the perfect car and you can check them out again at wilson county hyundai.com well our guest uh, meteorologist davis nolan celebrating 40 years last month as the uh, chief meteorologist at or one of them anyway at yeah. channel just do it that way at channel to WKRN, November 9th, 1981, uh, just really sort of along the fabric. Joe, you were a TV guy and everything, but, you know, for 40 years we've seen him and, and come to know him. And the thing I like about him, he's an everyday guy. Yes. He's one of us, and yet he's on TV. Hello there, Davis. Thanks for doing this. Well, great. Thanks so much for having me here, guys. This is uh, my pleasure. It was such an honor to work with you for the 15 years I was there, and just to know when people see you, there's people in the lobby look over and they do a double take. It's got to happen all the time, doesn't it? But yeah, you know, it's it's still incredible. Now, young people are like, well, who's he? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go visit a school, and, you know, the teachers, uh, I grew up watching you, the principal. I grew up watching you, the kids. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen him. <laughs> it's amazing. Just people know who you are. Uh, let's start off this. I know we have lots of stuff to ask you, but what happened last Friday and Saturday? Uh, just the awfulness of the tornadoes coming through here. And in your 40 years, I mean, you've seen how this whole area has truly become, and it's not an honor, a tornado alley. Yeah, you know, over the years, you know, and it's tough to quantify this, but I think we can safely say we are having more tornadoes than we used to. Okay, when I say it's tough to quantify it, it's because we detect more now. We get more reported. You know, some of these EF1s and EF0s that happened out on some farmer's field in 1960-something or other, you wouldn't have heard about them. It just got, some farmer had trees down in his field. But now our National Weather Service pretty much has all of the um, local uh, EMAs in, in and also, also all the local police, local deputies, fire chiefs, firemen. If they see a tree down on Highway 46 in Dixon, they report it to the Weather Service. And if the weather service is corresponding that to the signature on the radar, they go verify it. So we're getting more reported now. But if you ask me, are there more tornadoes now? Yes, there are. It's just that if you look at the numbers in the record books, it's it's deceiving. But you know, I don't think we had this much. And the other thing it's that, that the weather service and, and a lot of people have called this now is Dixie Alley. Tornado Alley was the traditional Great Plains that we all grew up watching, you know, the Wizard of Oz and Kansas and all that stuff. And we're not in Kansas anymore. But anyway, um, the South, not just Tennessee, but Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, the whole Southeast has had so many tornadoes. They started to call us Dixie Alley. So, uh, and people say, well, why do we get tornadoes here? Well, in the wintertime, in the springtime, the jet streams are nice and strong and active. And we can get the Gulf of Mexico warm, moist air all the way up to Tennessee, uh, and especially through the Gulf states, uh, in the wintertime. Whereas the Great Plains, they can't get that Gulf air till spring. 
Uh, it has to come all the way across East Texas uh-huh. or to get back to the north and northwest. But we can get dew points as you measure humidity into the 60s in December and January and February, and that's dangerous when you have these strong jet streams and these winter-type systems to work. Put in perspective what happened, the one that hit Mayfield, Kentucky. Wow. Uh, I guess they're still waiting yeah. to officially announce that that possibly could have been on the ground for up to 240 miles. Yeah, basically, it's definitely the same storm. And it went from northeast Arkansas, really maybe central Arkansas, north central Arkansas, across northeast Arkansas, clips extreme southeast Missouri, northwest Tennessee, and then into Kentucky. Okay, And if it stayed on the ground all the way across that path, it was the same storm. Okay, it was the same circulation. But if it stayed on the ground that entire time, uh, maybe up to 250 miles or so, it would be, they're, call, they're calling it the quad state tornado if it stayed on the ground because it hit four states, barely tipped to them. But anyway, it would, I think it'll end up being the longest track tornado on, on record if wow. that's the case. Now, what they do is just like the one we had back in March that went through Nashville. It did lift in eastern Middleton, well, just east of Nashville, a couple of counties over. And then went back down right around Cookville. They called it two different tornadoes. Same storm, same circulation, but that becomes two tornadoes, okay? So they'll do the same thing with that one. And then if they separate it into two, then it won't be the longest track. Seems sort of silly, I know, but that's the right. way they, they do it. Right. So when you're doing this Friday night, Saturday morning, any time a tornado comes through here, and I remember asking you one time and Lisa Patton one time years ago about how I'm just mesmerized by what you guys do, and she said – that's when we are so focused and so doing, we don't think about anything else, but yet keeping people safe because you've got these cities and these states and these towns and these arrival times, and it's just all this stuff going on. And you said, you know, that's when the adrenaline's flowing mm-hmm. to do all that stuff. It's still that same way with everything that happens? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at it, and of course, you want to think, you know, the science and you want to get everything right. And But you know that the most important thing is telling people, you know, where it's going, you know, who it's hitting next type thing. When we put that little blue box up with the city's names on it, okay, or we zoom in and say these streets, you know, that's the most important thing we show. You know, trying to show all the other things is great, but 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 those two things that I just said, if you're at home and you're worried about you and your family, that's what you need to know. And uh, so it's something that we just, uh, yeah, the adrenaline still flows just as much as it did, did back then, you know. I say back then, it's not that long ago, but yeah, it's been, it's um, quite an ordeal to go through, and and it and and for you, you go for like two or three hours and not even realize you're doing it. Now, right? Um, you know, I, I'm not. I'm I'm sort of getting to be the John Madden in these situations, even with Lisa. In other words, you know, John Madden did the color commentary, so I didn't have to take the lead commentary. You know, all the time. You yeah. Know? So Lisa's done that, and Danielle's doing that now. You know, um, and uh, it's just amazing. You know how long you can keep going when there's just so much going on and you look up and what time is it? Oh my God. You know? Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's the, the last Friday night was another one of those. And, you know, Kentucky took it worse than we did, but we, boy, we had our share as of right now, weather service as of yesterday had 10, they'd confirmed. And I think mm. they're still surveying more and that's just middle Tennessee. The irony is this is what you're trained for. Yeah. This is what you're certified for. This is what your experience prepares you for. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, you, it's, <laughs> but the irony is, you you're you're in action when you really wish you weren't. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, believe me, I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, you know I'd be happy to just have sunny days and you know mm-hmm. um, you know who wants to say okay I'm going to come in at midnight and work till seven a.m. or something you know that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I got to give Danielle credit the other night she she came in at one thirty in the afternoon didn't leave till like about eight thirty in the morning or so. Yeah, and uh, and then we were on continuously somewhere close to eleven ish. 
in the evening all the way through uh, the early morning hours, you know. So, um, you now Mary Mays was good. She came in, and I'd been there since earlier in the day. So early in the morning, I ended up going home. And I, I, I had to sort of protect my family. We actually had one of those tornadoes go a half mile, Saundersville Ferry Road. Yeah. Uh, I'd tell everybody roughly where I live, I know. But, <laughs> right. you know, but, but uh, south of where I am, uh, one came very close and, you know, had my mother-in-law in the house and we wanted to get her to a safe spot. We're looking on radar and it wasn't going to be easy to get her there. And I said, this is going to go just to our south. And it did. And sure enough, there's damage. Not oh, far my goodness. So, I will tell you this, and you, I know you don't remember this, but uh, I covered a tornado when I was at Channel 2 as a cameraman. Uh, it's the one that hit Perry County and, and, and oh, tragically hit and it killed uh, Kirk Haston, the basketball player, took his mom. They were hiding in the bathtub. And we came back that day and we were talking, there was three or four of us. I'd never seen destruction and damage like that and loss of life. And you were talking about the power of a tornado and how it, it's never going to be, you're never going to be able to put that into words and it always will affect you. And I, I remember that. That was 22, 23 years ago. That was my first one. Not saying that, you know, I've been affected tremendously by it. But to see the damage and to know that you had saved lives and all the meteorologists, it was it, it's hard to put in your mind to comprehend yeah, that. It is. And, and you know, I know um, there wasn't a fatality here. But when we first got um, what we called Storm Tracker 2000, yeah. remember that, okay? And I was on the air by myself. I think it was back when Lisa was out of town and we had some Robertson County tornadoes. That was about a week or two before the big famous 1998 Nashville tornado. Oof. And I was by myself for about three hours on the air. And uh, the, the technology was sort of new. The Nashville's next red Doppler radar had come along in the mid nineties and a, a company called Barron's in Huntsville, Alabama had come up with this, you know, street level tracking machine where you took the next red Doppler radar data and put it over these computerized maps and nobody had done that before. And we wow. were the first in the market to have this. And and I remember sitting here tracking down in uh, Robertson County, down to Highway 41 and in an intersection of a certain street I don't remember the name of. And then the next day I went out there and reported live from there. And I walk up and I'm driving down. And it's like I labeled this street on this. You know, I, labeled, <laughs> I pointed out this intersection right here on this technology. And here's these, these people in this house that's pretty much destroyed. And they were all okay. And I went over and talked to them. You know, and, uh, you know, said, God bless you and everything. I said, uh, it's just so strange for me to be standing here talking to you because yesterday I was naming this this spot right here wow. on this technology, which got to give the National Weather Service people for coming up with this next red Doppler radar that they did. Yeah. Now making a dual polarity, which is a whole nother ball of wax. And then, um, you know, Barron's company, which all the other companies followed suit. You know, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of companies that make the same technology now, but they were the first. And and to be able to have this technology, a lot of these kids have grown up with it. But when I got in the business, tornado warnings were almost a joke. And now we really, <laughs> you know, uh, now we can really do something with them. Davis Nolan, meteorologist, excuse me, 40 years uh, in, in that. Uh, why do you think people like you? Oh, um, well, that's a good question. Because <laughs> you, you, you've got to be likable to make it 40 years in this business. I guess so. Just trying, you know, just because you just try to give people information in a straightforward manner and don't try to be like big blowhard about it type thing. Uh, I think people in our business that come off really big old blowhard type thing, I think it turns people off. And if you just act like yourself and do your do your thing, you know, um, I think people tend to like you better. You know, either they're going to like you or they're not going to like you. But if you do the big blowhard thing, that's... Nah, you know, that doesn't work. I think just being yourself and then and then know what knowing what you're talking about and being yourself. I guess right. it, you know. Right. You know, when you came here in nineteen eighty one, uh was it WNGE at the time? Yes, it was. So for Nashville General Electric. How did you find the job here? 
Okay, well, I was um, in Tampa, Florida at the time. I graduated from Florida State. My first job was in Tallahassee. I was actually a student working on my second degree at, at W. Uh, I mean, at uh, Florida State and uh, WCTV, the CBS affiliate in Tallahassee, um, wanted a weekend weatherman. They just were just adding weekend news. And back then, you know, people would send tapes. Well, there were no tapes. Right. Okay? <laughs> they literally brought people into audition. Tapes had just, videotape was just coming along. Uh, most of the stations around the country were still doing film. Right. So you didn't have a tape you could send. I mean, some bit larger markets had it, and we had it at that station a year later. But uh, so I literally went out and auditioned for it. And I uh, ended up getting the job, you know, and um, uh, anyway, so to answer your question, though, I, I worked there for a couple of three years, ended up going to Tampa for about almost two years. And then to answer your question, I got a call from the news director here at um, it was WNGE at the time. And he had talked to some news director down in Central Florida somewhere who recommended me. And I never knew who that person was. <laughs> That's great. Um, but but they'd recommended me. And I'd played music on the side all my life, as you probably know. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I had friends of mine up here saying, man, you need to come, you know, get a job up here. You know, you can play music up here and do the weather. And uh, then I get this call from this news director just out of the blue. And he's in Nashville. I said, well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I've got some friends up there I can stay with for a while and hang out and see what happens. And so here we are 40 years later. Yeah. If the weather gig doesn't work, you just go down <laughs> and busk on the side, right? Throw, exactly. Put out, put out to your, uh, what, what kind of, what, what kind of music do you like? Well, you know, I grew up, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, seventies, I'm, you know, I'm 67 years old right now. You know, the Beatles were the first thing that just changed the world. You know, I mean, I had to have a guitar then I had to have a guitar. My grandmother bought me this silver tone, which was made by Sears, six string uh, acoustic guitar when I was a kid and started, nice. started learning Beatles songs. Somebody sh showed me three or four chords and you got these little chord books that show you where to put your fingers and started playing Beatles songs. And, um, you know, so they were the first love of, you know, to me and then music evolved, you know, with Led Zeppelin, J Jimi Hendrix, and I always liked that type of stuff. But I particularly got into not what we call classic rock, but classical rock. I mean, it was influenced by classical music and I'm talking about bands like, yes, Moody Blues? Moody Blues, definitely. Mm -hmm. No, I can just name off so many albums, the Moody Blues, that, you know, the A-track tapes that we had. But, um, and then, of course, uh, Genesis was pretty much classically influenced, especially in the early days. Uh, Jethro Tull, huge Jethro Tull fan. Oh, know. Ian Anderson and of Jethro course. Tull. Yeah. Uh, Aqualung, Living in the Past. Happy. Let's, yeah. let's go down a rabbit hole, Davis. Come <laughs> yeah. on, let's go. Exactly. Yeah, because the Moody Blues, uh, they're one of their first things that they did was with the, what, London Philharmonic, yeah. right? Well, well, Nights in White Satin, I guess they yeah. recorded it originally. Mm -hmm. I think they just used the Mellotron, which was a keyboard that had tapes in it that played back strings when you push the keys. And then they redid it with the London Symphony Orchestra, mm -hmm. you know, which is the... You hear both versions on the radio still today, and, um, you know, that was just incredible music. And uh, my older brother and I used to listen to that 8-track tape in his his uh, car, you know, when we would drive drive around. And, um, you know, I, that's, if somebody's out there that's like 60 or older, live hand in hand, and together we'll stand on the threshold of a dream. <laughs> Joe's, Joe's going, how about, how about this cold-hearted orb that rules the night? Yeah, exactly. See, Joe, he's my agent. Yeah, no, I, you can. I, I've listened to this for Greg for years. The, the appreciation of fine music. So this is good. Mm -hmm. Fishing. Let's go fishing. I, I, you know, where do you? Okay, where do you go? Well, you know, I, I'm I mostly go out to Old Hickory now because I live closer to there. And but I still go to Percy Priest. Now, you know, the funny thing is, I, I, people think I'm fishing all the time. 
but I'm hardly getting out. I'm showing those fishing pictures, which has been an incredible thing. Oh, every weekend you see those. They call it Davis Nolan's Fishing Funtacular. And, uh, you know, um, I I spoke recently with, uh, you guys know Larry Woody, Mm -hmm. okay, and uh, he's still doing lots of writing for lots of local newspapers. Main Uh, Street Media. He is. Okay, yeah, he is with that. Right, exactly. And uh, anyway, he wanted to talk to me about that. And I, I said, you know, basically when I first moved here, I used to love to watch Jimmy Holt on TV and Jimmy Holt would have his picture board where he'd show the pictures. And of course he didn't have computerized pictures. He just had Jimmy holding up a picture <laughs> and, and the camera would zoom in on it. And you see his ear on the other side of it. <laughs> and he would have the writing of who it is. I could read off the th- back of the picture, you know, to tell you who it is. And um, we sort of came, my boss said, Hey, why don't you, cause I had during, during the weekend morning show, which I did for seven years. Um, I occasionally had people send me pictures and I showed them on TV and they, I started getting more and more of it and more and more. And then, and then now I'm doing weekend evenings, but he said, well, can, can you put together this Davis Dolan's Fishing Funtacular and show these pictures? So I started doing it, and it's just snowballed to the point where um, we've la- – I was asked the other day, how many did we show this past summer? And it was over 500. Wow. Um, so um, – And they can get them to you so many different ways, too, right. obviously electronically. Exactly. You know, so nowadays it's so much easier to do this. You know, in the old days – Somebody had to mail Jimmy that those pictures, and they might have wanted them back. So they probably had to send <laughs> the stamped envelope, you know, because they said they want their picture of their kid back, you know, with the fish. But I've t- I've told people this, but that's that's community things, and you've gotten grandparents and and uncles and aunts and, and children and brothers. I mean, you get all these people watching to see their picture, and I know the excitement of all that. So to keep that going on and keep people, oh, I was on the weekend. I mean, you got people watching that. I, I just think that's how you get involved in the community. Names it's and so faces. Names and faces. Names and faces. Yeah. And we love to get the kids, you know, and what I've done is I literally, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating here. I want to show a picture from every person that sent one. And they might be sending me five pictures, but I, and I can't show them all five, all five of them, but I'll try to show one. If there's three kids, I got to show all three of them. Cause you can't show right. Susie, yeah. you know? So uh, what I do is I'll make a triple box and it takes a long time to put these, these pictures together, you know, and on the computer. And I'll, if there's three kids, I'll get a triple box with three kids names. And I got to get their names and, you know, they want to tell their story. Well, we were with uh, an uncle Joe's, you know, catfish farm over in Robertson <laughs> County over on something, something lane, you know? And you, so you want to say all that stuff. So just like you guys are writing your notes down. So yeah. I've got, I'll try to write notes and everything so I can, you know, try to give it, you know, the extra thing, you know, and just say, here's Susie with the fish. You know, you want, you want to tell the story, you know? And, uh, and I've emailed each person and said what day it's going to air. Okay. And so, you know, they tell their uncle Joe, and yes. uncle John, the kids tell everybody at school, whatever. And then that way they see it and they can share it and have fun. You tag out with the same thing every week. What is that? Well, that's what Jimmy Holt always said. Uh, you know, he always said, don't forget to wear your life jacket. What <laughs> why, why it was important to keep saying that for you? Well, number one, it is important to wear your life jacket, which something when I, in my early days, I used to forget now that I'm older, I, ne- I don't even go on. I hardly, I don't even step on the boat without it on now. Cause I'm old. I figure I trip and fall. <laughs> uh, but, but Jimmy made that such a, you know, at the end of every show, he said that. And uh, the late, great Jimmy Holt, you know, I was always said, don't forget to wear your life jacket. And um, so I, I think it's important to keep his legend going, too. And some of his relatives have emailed me and said they appreciate that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you're listening to the official 615 podcast sponsored by Wilson County Hyundai. Again, check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. So many great prices you get there. The staff at Wilson County Hyundai is fantastic. Payne Bone and his staff. Customer service is so important to them. And I, again, I'll tell you, you see a lot of Hyundais around Middle Tennessee. Chances are they come from Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out online at Wilson County Hyundai. 
Com. The official 615 podcast. We're recording this one from Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel. Music City, Todd Rotomel and the wonderful staff down here provided us with some wonderful biscuits and honey and, and, and just all kind of good stuff. Davis Nolan is our guest, uh, meteorologist forecasting Middle Tennessee and Southern Kentucky uh, weather at News 2 for, for many, many, many years. This is intriguing me. I was looking at some of the stuff you're doing now. Uh you're one of the few broadcast meteorologists in the country to earn the certified consulting meteorologist designation from the American Meteorolo- Meteorological Society. What does that mean? Okay. <laughs> well, that's different than the AMS seal of approval you see a show on TV. Right. Uh, that's for the private industry. Okay. Uh, and the biggest thing that I become involved with is um, for years, there'll be, let's say, a building gets damaged, for example. And uh, there's and these attorneys... You know, they got insurance companies supposed to pay for it, and uh, they'll say, well, this insurance company is supposed to pay for it if the winds were this amount of miles per hour. And if it were more than that, then this insurance company is supposed to pay for it. And they want to know basically what happened. And it's called forensic meteorology. So these people will go to the weather service, and the weather service are federal government employees, and they can give you data, but they're not supposed to be involved with these, you know, can't testify and things like that. But, you know, you need somebody with credentials. Say, well, Davis Nolan has a full Bachelor of Science in Meteorology. Uh, why don't you call him? So this started happening back in the early 80s. I'd get these calls, and uh, so I'd go to the weather service. We'd dig up all the data that we needed, and I'd try to write a report for these attorneys so they could – and then they, usually they all settled out of court and figured out who, who which insurance company paid. So so basically the CCM, or Certified Consulting Meteorologist, that's one of the big things. It's not just that. I mean, for example, people get hired to, um, to make forecasts for sporting events. People get hired to – um, you know, uh, make decisions for sporting events, whether to, to cancel, whether to postpone. People get hired uh, in the private industry for uh, energy and, and, you know, things that maybe not you're not broadcasting. OK, so the AMS came up with this other certification for the private industry. It's not just um, the um, litigation in lawyers, but that's what I get called the most about for that. Why did you want to be, did you set out to be a, a, a weatherman, air quotes, you know, back in the late 70s? Was that what you wanted to be? Well, you know, when I was growing up, I had that guitar in my hand, and I loved watching, uh, there was a guy who's he's passed away now from New Orleans named Nash Roberts. And anybody from South Louisiana, the New Orleans area, knows who Nash was. And he brought us through all these hurricanes, Hurricane Betsy when I was a kid, Hurricane Camille when I was a kid that really affected our lives. And, you know, I grew up and I grew up sailing and fishing and we'd be out of the water and Nash would go on the air and he would say, all right, because it's this cold front. He would draw it in the old plexiglass bag <laughs> with the, with the pen and say, it's coming through Houston, Texas right now. And like right now we're 75 degrees. It's 35 back in Dallas right now behind that front. And right now our winds are from the South and he draws southerly wind arrows, but that front's going to come through tomorrow. It's going to bring a line of storms. And after it goes through and he draw lines from the North, got winds going to come from the North. You're going to feel it be colder. We'd be out racing sailboats in Lake Pontchartrain in New Orleans and literally experience what he told us <laughs> yesterday. So, you know, my father would always have me and my brother watching Nash Roberts, okay? So uh, that always fascinated me. And then I had that guitar in my hand, and I always said there's two things that I wish I could do in life. It's either be like the Beatles or be a weather guy. Nice. And whether it's TV or, you know, and, and, and I got to, and God let me do one of them for a living. So I'm, I feel blessed in that respect. Uh, you don't sound like you're from New Orleans. Well, I can if you send me back there and I put on, hey, darling, <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to the, the K and B drugstore, get some Dixie beer, and then go get some crawdads and have a big party. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember when uh, I was working with you when Katrina hit, mm. uh, and your parents were still down there right. at the time, and that was at some time I've seen 
this side of Davis Dolan where you extremely concerned because that we there was the unknown was happening then and your parents were in the middle of all that. Yeah, it was quite a story that I could run this podcast way over if I got into the details of the, the long story short of it. But uh, you know, we had six feet of water in the house. They were mm, in the house wow. when it happened. They they did go to evacuate, and in my opinion, way too late. But they did go to evacuate. And um, and got in the interstate. It was just a traffic jam, you know. So uh, they knew that they weren't going to really. They would have to shut that interstate down, you know. Eventually, so they went on back to the house. And you know, basically, the storm had passed. It was already past New Orleans, okay. And uh, we literally had sun coming out, and still a few more waves of storms coming through. And uh, we talked to my father on the phone. He said, "Yeah, we're doing okay. You know, no, no electricity, of course, but we're doing fine." They had a gas stove, so they could cook breakfast if they wanted, you know. And then I guess it was, you know, mid more early, early to mid morning, you know, the sun was up. All of a sudden this water started coming down the street mm-hmm. you know, and it just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And what had happened is this breach in the levee where the water actually went under the levee, not over it, went under the levee uh, about two miles from our house. And that water kept coming down the street. It just took that long. It took about an hour to get to there. And, and then finally the house had six feet of water. God. The neighbors um, had some house sitters in their house. One of them happened to be a policeman and they're up on the, Second floor smoking a cigarette. And they look down and see my parents down there. What are y'all doing down there? You know, the water's like waist deep at that point. It's like, come on up here. So they went up there, end up, uh, they commandeered a boat from another neighbor. And that's more or less how they got away from the neighborhood. And ultimately, they ended up out on that big checkpoint on Interstate 10 where you saw hundreds of thousands of people standing out there and helicopters flying in. And uh, they were bused to Baton Rouge to Pete's Palace, which is the LSU Assembly Center. Pete Merritt Fitch, they named it after, of course. And uh, and then they were able to get a friend of ours in Baton Rouge to pick him up. And uh, and then they were able to get to Pensacola where my brother lives. Wow. So, Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. You're Dini Seafood. Are you oh, yeah. uh, just sure? Yeah, the barbecue shrimp there. Yeah, <laughs> Dini Seafood. Yeah, early '60s. That place out yeah. by the lake, by, yeah. like by Pontchartrain. And if you've been there, it's called Bucktown. Yeah, Bucktown. D-U-C-K-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-
like at 3.30 in the afternoon. So, and I'd go to those Saints games every time the phone rang. And I'm a big Titans fan, as you know. I'm a founding season ticket holder. Yes. And it tugs at my heart when they play the Saints. But you see my Titans gear I have on right now. I know we're not on TV, but. Look at they get the Saints underneath. <laughs> but you get a pass, oh, the, the Super Bowl chip. Yeah, Bowl. that's home. Yeah. That's home. Yeah, we'll give him a pass yes. on that. Yeah. My late, my late mother gave, bought me two of these T-shirts. And then I went and bought a third. So here we are. How many years later has it been? I forget when we won the Super Bowl. But um, well, it's right there on your shirt. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the 2009 season. Okay. There you go. There you go. Okay. Well, I still have shirts that I haven't worn out yet. <laughs> David, then I was just printed off your bio from the, from the station website. And I read the, the last sentence. Since 1981, he's made hundreds of visits to area schools talking weather to students. <laughs> Talk about how that's changed, but how, what, you know, obviously what you get out of that. Well, I love to explain the weather and why things happen, you know, like why, you know, what makes it snow and things like that. And, you know, now COVID put a big dent in all this for the last couple of years. And, um, but obviously we've done some online, you know, where we've done like Zoom interviews and stuff like that with the kids. But you can't sit at the blackboard or the whiteboard and draw it for them like you used to. And what I used to love to do, and and I'm hopefully we'll do it again soon, you know, I I would tell them what causes snow, especially a big snow with a low-pressure area that would pass to your south and keep you in the cold side of the low. And and then the precipitation would be rain. I mean, instead of being rain, it would be snow as long as you're on the cold side of it. And I love explaining that. Uh, You know, and and, um, seems like the kids understand what I'm saying, you know. Um, And... uh, but it, I think the biggest thing for me is I just love explaining the weather, not just to kids, but on TV. Because I don't want to just tell you it's going to rain tomorrow. I want to tell you why. Yeah. You know, and now I've been through this. And I want to get negative here because Channel 2 is letting us, we're back to normal now. But I've been through administrations and consultants that told us that we can't even say the word cold front on television. Okay. Now, our management now d- does not do that. They, Good. They want us to explain the weather. So uh, Danielle and, you know, our whole storm team, we're thrilled that we can, we have free reign. I mean, we're not going to sit here and try to tell you this is an upper level vorticity maximum, blah, blah, you know, we're not going to get to that, say that kind of thing, but we're going to, we're going to explain the weather to you. And we have free reign to show you the weather symbols in the map. But, but literally one time um, I was called into a news director's office (laughs) because I said the word cold front on TV. Wow. Okay. And, uh, but, but we're back to normal now. Thank God. Did you pass me leaving that news director's no. office? <laughs> Spent a lot of time in that office back in the day, but I think you guys do a great yeah. job. I think all the stations in town, I've, we got friends at all of them. And I just, I sent a note out Saturday morning. Thank you. I mean, you guys stayed up all night long to keep us safe. And so that was appreciation for everyone. I, everybody to me is fantastic. And you guys to do that, to stay up, Danielle was on the air for 18 hours and on and on. Uh, so it was just appreciation of thanks. Yeah, and, you know, the good thing is I think no matter which station you watch, you know, they've all got qualified people nowadays because, um, you know, in the old days of media of, of TV weather, they there were lots of times just staff announcers that were, when I was growing up, they were, like Nash Roberts in New Orleans was one of the only meteorologists. And nowadays, um, you know, Mississippi State started it. They came up with this thing where you didn't, they had a broadcast meteorology certificate. Now, granted, it wasn't a full degree, but it gave you the knowledge you needed. Okay, now you can go to Mississippi State and get a full Bachelor of Science in Meteorology or a Master's or a PhD from Mississippi State. But they also have this thing called, just, it's just for broadcasting. But it gave people scientific knowledge. And we've had interns from this program wow. who were just as knowledgeable as anybody else as far as what you needed to know yeah. operationally to do this. So now everybody on TV, news directors, won't hire you unless you have some sort of certification. So no matter what station you're watching now, you've got a person who's pretty much qualified to do this, where it wasn't that way years ago. Well, Mississippi State, with that diploma, they get a cowbell. 
uh, also, uh, right? Uh, yeah, everybody, everybody gets that. You look great, but you had a health scare. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, I still get got to get checked. It's called multiple myeloma, and it's a blood cell cancer that's related to lymphoma uh, and, uh, and um, uh, leukemia. And if you look at the um, Lymphoma and Leukemia Society's pamphlets right on the front, it'll mention multiple myeloma. And uh, so basically, I'm free of it right now, but it's technically still there and could go back one day. The good news for me is I'm told by my doctors so many new things have come along. They think it, it, if you need it, it can be managed, you know. And my doctor years ago, um, who was a brilliant guy at Vanderbilt, uh, he told me, I guess it was like about my second year after this, he was telling me about the new things that they'd come up with. And he said, well, I think I was 58 at the time. And he said, you're going to probably live for 30 more years. And when you die, it won't be from this multiple myeloma. <laughs> and he pointed at my gut and said, if you don't get rid of that, <laughs> that stroke and a heart attack. I, I do remember when all that was going on, talking to the weather center, how you told me working really helped you not have to sit at home and think about what's going on. I've got cancer, yeah. how working and coming to work and talking even to my dumb butt in the sports office was therapeutic for you to do that. Yes, it was. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really want to stop working, you know, but of course I finally had to, cause we had to go through bone, bone marrow transplant, which was my own stem cells as opposed to a donor, which is not as complicated, but still pretty complicated. Yeah. You couldn't just, you finally had to, you know, you had to let, you know, take off, what several months, right? Uh, right. Well, I, like Greg said, I mean, you look great, man, and and it was just, uh, it was so when you get the word came out that you were better and things were going to be better. I mean, I, we, we were all very appreciative and happy for you for that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I was, I was just blessed. And I'm very lucky. Yeah, lucky that that wasn't going to kill you. Something else would, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's always something out. Where, where, where's the future? I mean, you're, you're, why quit, right? Yeah. Why resign if you're having fun? Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be 65 and and on you know, Medicare in about 60, about 30. I don't know February 1st, however far along <laughs> that is. Uh, I, I'm not ready to quit. Well, I, I know what you mean. You know, because I've. Right now at Channel 2, I'm being appreciated. Our, our news director, Elbert Tucker, who's been there about five years now, from the moment he walked in the door, he just liked everything I did. That's great. And it's not always been that way. I was telling Joe about this earlier, and uh, Tracy, <laughs> Tracy Rogers, our general manager, who actually worked on our assignment desk years and years ago and worked her way up to through management through other stations and came back as our general manager, the two of them seem to appreciate what I'm doing. And when you're working at a job that people appreciate what you're doing, yeah. It, it, you know, you look at it like, well, gosh, I know I need to retire soon, but I'm still having fun. So we'll see. You you know? Know, I mean, that is so rare to have a news director and general manager appreciate what you do. And I'm so glad that both of them. Well, maybe it was know. just rare for you. <laughs> it was rare for me. But Tracy's smart. I've not met Albert, but I've heard great things about him. And I, I love that makes me happy knowing that they like what you do and makes you happy. Yeah, well, it, it certainly was a pleasant, you know. Because uh, I've I've been through the ups and downs, you know, and uh, and, and everybody knows that. People say, how did you survive for 40 years? Because I went through the ups and downs with different managements that come. I came here as a chief meteorologist. A new management came in, and I was willing to do weekends, you know, which I was perfectly happy with. Uh, plus, I was playing music on the side. I was single. Didn't have to worry about, you know, things I have to worry about nowadays. And then new management came back in one day. I went back to being chief meteorologist another 10 years. <laughs> another management came in after 10 years later and said, well, I said, okay, I'll do weekends. And that's how you survive is you don't have any right. go. You just have fun and do your job. And, hey, so I was paying my bills, got my house paid for. We did. We, I, and so I spent several years with you doing sports. You are doing weekend weather. We had a ball. That was a good time. Yeah, it was a blast. And it still sort of is. You good. Know? good for do you, you get blamed for bad weather and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and applauded for good weather? Well, I, every time somebody says, oh, good job, Davis, I said, 
God does it. We just try to stay a step ahead if we can. That's perfect. Uh, thank you, my man. I, I really appreciate you doing this. You know, we thank the world of you and uh, I hope you're there forever. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate you guys inviting me here. And I, I wish y'all the best of luck with this podcast. Y'all are doing an incredible job. So it's the official, official, Davis. Oh, yeah. The official you, 615 you know, podcast. Just ask us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Stoller, our good friend, meteorologist at WKRN. Uh, it's so great to talk to him and so glad he's doing well. And Greg, another week with uh, another outstanding guest. Yeah, uh, just uh, somebody I grew up watching. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you, Davis. And, and again, thanks to the people here at the Omni Hotel, uh, Kitchen uh, set out a good spread for us. We appreciate them letting us come down. Uh, Todd Rodermel, the wonderful staff here. Also to our friends at Wilson County Hyundai, thank you for your sponsorship and your friendship for getting the official 615 podcast off the ground. Visit them online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. We'll see you guys next week.